0: Subscribe now and download wherever you get your podcasts. As always, thanks for listening.
1: From The Standard in London, I'm The Evening Standard's Chief Theatre Critic, Nick Curtis. This is a cut-down special taken from our theatre podcast. To hear more from The Standard Theatre podcast, hit the link in the notes of this episode.
0: It's Plaza Suite at the Savoy. This is the show that we've been waiting for for quite a while and and probably the biggest opening of 2024 so far um, with two very slebby stars in it and I imagine there were a number of slebby guests at press night but I'm also delighted to welcome down the line from her sickbed Nancy who is calling in from Zoom. Nancy, can you hear us?
2: I can hear you, yes. Heroic, heroic Heroic stuff.
0: (laughs) Indeed. Um, Well, Nancy, can I go to you first? You were there at Plaza Suite. What was it like?
2: Well, you know, I've never experienced this. It was a bit like... like, Do you remember that programme, that drama of um, when Elizabeth Taylor and Richard Burton did uh, Private Lives together? Um, And I think it was Dominic West and um, Helena Bonham Carter. And there was a bit that I really remembered where whenever Helena Bonham Carter as Liz Taylor, whenever Liz Taylor came out, having not spoken a word in private lives, the entire audience, like, stood up and whooped. And it was like, I've never <laughs> seen that before. And it happened. It was so weird. Like, when they first came out, they got this great big round of applause simply for turning up. It's a
1: very Broadway thing, that. Yeah. Uh, I remember mm-hmm. going to see Jessica Chastain in uh, the, the Heiress on Broadway, and uh, everybody got, as they say in panto, a warm <laughs> hand on their entrance. <laughs> 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 and their arrival. and, and this, this feels very much like uh, a Broadway transplant. To London, doesn't it? Wouldn't you say? But it isn't the first time.
0: It really does. I remember Martin Freeman, it became a bit of an issue because he was doing Richard III. Do you remember? And it was around the time of Sherlock at its very height. And there were all these articles about him (laughs) furiously sounding off because every time he walked on the stage, Sherlock fans would leap to their feet and applaud. Right.
2: Hmm. It's incredibly weird, actually, but it does sort of suit this this play or this production i think because it's incredibly new york like there's you know it's it's about new york it's set in a manhattan hotel suite it's about very new york people it sort of works it's in its own weird little expensive bubble yeah
1: there was a time when neil simon was the sort of house playwright for new york wasn't he you know he was (laughs) the sort of broadway Mm -hmm. darling which is not the case anymore and you can see why we all know why we're here for this one and it is it is Sarah Jessica Parker and Matthew Broderick, husband and wife, mm. playing three sets of couples in the same hotel suite over the course of, of a year. They're, they're from different backgrounds. Mm. They're all there for different reasons. It's partly the pull of them, seeing them as a couple, but it's, it's mainly her isn't it? You know, she is making her West End debut, her London theatre debut. Um, Broderick was here a couple of years ago in a fairly ropey play called The Starry Messenger. Um, Kenneth Lonergan, right? That's right, yes. And um, part of the fascination is seeing the two of them play off one another and Mm. the ease with which they play off one another, the chemistry that they have together. But it's really her. And I don't know about you, Nancy, but I just did spend most of the, the sort of running time just looking at her going, Oh, my God, it's it's actually her.
2: She is the better actor, I think, or at least certainly yeah. in this play, she's given the opportunity to show that. Like, she's got a depth and a breadth either he doesn't have or he's certainly not able to display in this show. Um, I'm really glad to have seen her on stage, actually, because I wasn't a fan of Sex and the City, and I would not have known that she had that sort of range and subtlety. She kind of really yeah. lets you glimpse the sort of depths of... It's about, I mean, you know, one of the things it explores... Um, this play by the much-married Neil Simon, I think he had five marriages, is that what happens in a long-term relationship if you're not vigilant. And um, she allows you to glimpse the sort of depths of sadness or regret in the women that she's portraying. Um, and And her characters feel quite different in a way that his don't so much
1: i think yeah she's an extraordinary physical comedian in this isn't she, she i is. mean very very precise body language very funny i mean almost sort of Commedia and stuff um yeah, whereas is. his i mean uh, his performance i quite enjoyed but they weirdly sort of recall recall sort of black and white cinematic comedy for me somehow you know there's something very yes. old-fashioned
2: he's quite not stiff exactly but sort of solid Mavis. Yeah, mannered maybe. But there is one moment which I found absolutely hilarious, of physical comedy that he did, which he did so sort of slowly and dually that it was just so funny when his second character, his slidey fancy shoes just like sliding around on the carpet in the room and he can't stop it. And he's on his own and there's no, there's no one else to respond to and he's just failing to get up. And it was so funny. It was so funny. He does have that but he's not given that much opportunity
1: no i mean he's i I suppose his opportunity for comedy comes in the third one where he is we should say in the first act they're a married couple who are possibly celebrating their 23rd or 24th wedding anniversary although the actual date and the actual year and the actual age that sarah jessica parker's character is are all sort of up for debate this long marriage is unraveling Um, and that's really the it's the slowest it's the longest and it's the most sort of solemn of the three, although it is it is still a comedy. The second one is much broader, where they, they play uh, childhood sweethearts meeting up again after he's become a successful film producer. She's stayed in the, in the sort of no-horse town that, that they grew up in and married a local schlub and had three kids. And in the,
2: in the third... No-horse town being New Jersey. Yes, exactly, <laughs> yes.
1: And they are... Um, in the third one, they are a couple from Queens whose daughter has locked herself in the bathroom on the eve of her marriage on the, on the moment of her marriage and refuses to come out and that's where he gets his, his biggest moments for comedy because he's just this guy who's obsessed with the amount this wedding is costing him um, and uh, you know a, a sort of middle-aged fairly portly man trying to climb out the window and get th- through and through the bathroom window to talk to, uh, <laughs> to his daughter
0: Right, we'll go to a break If you want to hear more from the Standard Theatre Podcast hit the link in the show notes
1: there's also a thing about you know the two of them as a couple, yes. you know, as, as this sort of well-known but very private couple. They're incredibly public but they're also, you know, hardly anything about their relationship. They've, they've kept it very, very carefully. Well, I was
0: going to ask, does Away the chemistry the come across on stage?
1: I think there's a real, yes. yeah.
2: It's just very, very easy, isn't it? The chemistry is very easy, as you would expect from a couple who've been married for nearly 30 years. It works so well with this dynamic. Uh, two of the couples, as you said, Nick, are like that. They're in a similar situation. And, you know, the other knew each other when they were very young so they have that familiarity it's immediately apparent it works incredibly well and as you say it's 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 that combined with all the other bits that creates this sort of alchemical reaction and, it, it you know, and, and sort of puts the froth on this confection.
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's also I mean, it's silly to sort of praise someone as brave for um, putting on a costume, but um, for somebody who's best Sorry. known as a sort of fashion whippet, Sarah Jessica Parker in this, um, she wears some outrageously unflattering stuff, doesn't she? <laughs> yeah, uh, that you know, some, hat, that My hat God. a twin set and some uh, some fairly substantial hip padding in the in the first one, you know, it's as far removed from the glamour of sex in the city as you can get. In the third one, she looks a bit like Grayson Perry going, going to a wedding um, and, um, Brodery looks a, a bit like one of Barry Humphrey's more sort of outrageous creations um, I don't know I mean I, I, I really enjoy it. I just think these sort of things add to the sort of texture and weft and mm. excitement of the London theater world and so it's 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 sort of irrelevant to complain mm. about how much I mean somebody I know Got to see it for about £35 to see it, which seems, you know, not, not a bad deal. Oh, well, not a bad deal. So, yeah. sounds all right. Yeah, so, you know... Yes.
2: I think you're totally right. I think we have a tendency, I've said this before, but I think we have a tendency to romanticise the way that people who work in or make theatre ought to feel about access to it. Like, this is yeah. a commercial theatre... Like it's a product. Um, I realise it's written and made by artists, but it's a product and they're selling it and they can sell it for however much money they want to. But it is part of an ecosystem. Again, I think I always wang on about is that if you are making a great deal of money in theatre and charging a lot, then if you want to safeguard the pipeline of amazing work, you can then charge a load of money for, then maybe invest in the early stages of it as well. You know, yeah. if you—that's if a good business plan.
1: Yeah, talk about bliss, what bliss it was in this dawn to be alive. I mean, to have who have been in the Savoy twice, Savoy Theatre, one of the most beautiful theatres in London. I believe the first one to be lit by electric light, to be in that theatre twice over the course of three months, and to have seen Nicole Scherzinger in Sunset Boulevard and now Sarah Jessica Parker in Plaza Suite. I mean, what a what an amazing time it is in London mm-hmm. theatre at the moment that, you know, celebs are coming, not just doing sort of stately old fashioned vehicles, which is what this is, but, you know, you've got Matt Smith coming in doing mm-hmm. uh, An Enemy of the People for Thomas Ostermeyer. Yeah. You've got all sorts of people coming back to the London Station, yeah. and whether they simply did not, you know, 20 or 30 years ago.
2: What an amazing theatre, you know, artistic fabric we have in this city. I mean, it's just, mm. it's never, it never ceases to amaze and thrill me. Yeah.
0: So if you want to go and see Plaza Sweep, it is playing until April the 13th. So good luck with that. And we're going to bid Nancy a fond farewell. Look
1: after yourself, boss.
2: Thank you, you (laughs) Nick. Bye.
1: That's The Standard. You can hear the full episode or more from the Standard Theatre podcast via the link in the show notes. The podcast will be back on Monday at 4pm.